When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song? course our best smartphone deals your choice of plan learn how to get the new samsung galaxy s24 plus with galaxy ai on us with eligible trade-in at&t connecting changes everything offers vary by device subject to change s24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time terms and restrictions apply see att.com slash samsung for details the volume looking for a super offer For Super Bowl 58, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet the big game. Bet just five bucks. That's it, five bucks. And get 150 bucks in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Takes about 90 seconds. Use the code Colin, C-O-L-I-N. New customers bet five bucks, get 150 instantly in bonus bets for the big game. DraftKings, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Remember, redeem code Colin, C-O-L-I-N. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, KS, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Draymond Green Show. Uh, This next guest needs no introduction, uh, but I'm going to go with the introduction anyway because this this list of accolades is crazy. And so I'd be remiss if I don't run down them. So let me get through them real quick. Uh, Two-time WNBA champion, WNBA Finals MVP, two-time WNBA MVP, two-time WNBA Defensive Player of the Year, five-time WNBA All-Star, three-time All-WNBA First Team, two-time All-WNBA Second Team, two-time All-Defensive First Team, one-time Defensive Second Team, 
2022 FIBA World Cup MVP, mm. NCAA champion 2017, three-time consensus first-team All-American, three-time SEC Player of the Year, and an Olympic gold medalist in 2020. None other. I myself call her MVP. You should also refer to her as MVP. Asia Wilson, welcome to the Draymond Green Show. Thank you for coming on. Yes, thank you for having me. That was you. You could have stopped that pro. You went. You went there. That's cool. <laughs> well, I see. So there's a few people that come on, that have come on this show, and they don't necessarily have NBA championships, but they have college championships. And what they right. quickly find out is, I am very upset and jealous and envious of them about their college championships because I did not win one. So. Yeah. You should feel that hate, too, um, because I, I personally, myself, still wish I had a college championship, and I really would give one of my NBA championship rings for that. So Really? I would. I, I, one shine a moment, I can never hear that again. Like, every time I hear that song, it takes me back to Coach Izzo's. Um, Every year he'd have a speech and he's like, guys, you really want the one shining moment. Like it's nothing like yeah. hearing that song. Yeah. So now every time I hear it, I can only think of not winning a championship. Oh, that's traumatic. Yeah. <laughs> very much so. Um, but needless to say, um, for you, growing up, you, you grew up in South Carolina um, and then ended up going to uh, University of South Carolina. Uh, walk me through that decision. South Carolina was not the powerhouse that it is now when you decided to go there. What led you um, and kind of leading that, leading the torch and, and being the first one? Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, South Carolina obviously was not what they were today. I think they made it to a Sweet 16 before, so they weren't, it was kind of familiar, but it wasn't there yet. Like, it was taking it to another level. And it's crazy because I remember listening to Coach Staley's Hall of Fame speech and she was speaking and she had a point where she was like, like, to my players, just stay with me. Like, we're going to get it done. And I was just like, and at the time I was getting recruited and I was just like, ooh, like that actually could happen. And I always say like, Coach Staley could be anywhere and I would still go to play with her. She just so happened to be in South Carolina. But I mean, I just kind of looked at South Carolina as a place and Coach Staley as a person. I was like, that could tell me the good, the bad, ugly everything that goes on being a black woman in the in the collegiate world so i was like what better person to coach me than someone that's been through it and that was really my really my decision i wanted to go to other schools for the boys so my head wasn't really yeah. in the good <laughs> that it needed to be in i was thinking like a 16 year old instead of like longevity um so yeah that's when south carolina was just it and then we just kind of took the world by a storm and it was it was a crazy crazy four years but i enjoyed it now, that's incredible. And how how did that relationship with Coach Staley start? So obviously she's at the University of South Carolina, but you said, you just said yourself, if she wasn't there, wherever she was, I would have gone there. So just how did that, how did you end up getting so close with Coach Staley in the first place? Uh, Coach Staley was like, you know, on the AAU circuits, uh, we didn't have the big like EYBL teams. We were just like kind of the team that was just making it. Like we had fresh fries, like, fish fries, car washes. We were just trying to get money. And <laughs> we weren't the best team. Like, we didn't have all the great talent. So it was very scarce when coaches would come around. But in the early parts of my recruitment, Coach Staley was just always in the gym just watching me. It's like she knew that I had potential and was just waiting for me to figure it out. And, like, that loyalty there was something that I really could 
and like I could never shake because I'm like this woman has been with me from rock bottom like mm-hmm. in gym she was the only coach at a D1 level there and so that just kind of grew and I had an opportunity to be coached by her before I even got to South Carolina for the June Olympics and like she was just honest. Her honesty and her loyalty was really that stuck, like just stuck with me. And then it didn't shift when we got to college. Like, you know, they're going to say anything when they're recruiting you. They got the best yeah. facility. But like when we got on campus, I was like, no, she's she didn't promise me I was going to start. She didn't promise me that I was going to be this big, big thing. She was just like, come here, work and we can get some stuff done. So that right there, I was like, all right, I'm dialed in. And so until this day, like she still is like the homie for sure. <laughs> That's incredible. I think uh, in hearing that, I think Coach Staley took a book out of Coach K's um, Mm -hmm. playbook, and which is coaching the junior Olympic team. And in turn, she ends up coaching arguably the greatest woman to ever play college (laughs) basketball. And I watched Coach K do that for years where he was coaching the national team, but he had all of his guys coaching the younger teams. (laughs) Capo's coaching the younger team, all these guys. And just pulling in recruits to Duke. So I thought that was an interesting one. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> growing up in South Carolina, and I'd be remiss if I don't ask you this because I wonder. I'm very uh, good friends. Uh, one of my vets, Jermaine O'Neal, who's obviously from uh, the state of South Carolina. And, man, y'all had a Confederate flag up like six years ago still. And how was that for you as a young black girl Growing up in that state, being a a prodigy and, and a, a superstar basketball player, but right up the street, and it's a Confederate flag waving. How was that? Uh, it was a very different feeling. It was something that I probably didn't really notice until I got older, where I was like, "This is they don't like us." <laughs> like, I, <laughs> like, and it also was a feeling where I was like, "You only kind of pay me attention because I'm wearing South Carolina on my chest because I'm dribbling." That basketball but once I take that uniform off who am I to you and that right there was really hard figuring out growing up but of course I my parents were like be you and do Mm -hmm. that but it was very different and especially just growing up I went to I went to private school so it was like maybe 10% black I want to say that and then maybe like 3% of like black women so all I knew was white. All my friends was white and everything. Like my only thing that I got black or culture wise was AAU. And even then they were like, oh, you just an Oreo. You just want to be a white girl. You want to do. And like, it was hard for me to like figure out who I was because I'm like, I'm surrounded by white people when I go to school. So of course I'm going to talk a certain way or try to be a certain way. Cause that's all I see. But then when I'm around my AAU teammates and I'm like, that's me, I see myself. I can be myself. It seems like I'm, I don't know who I am. So it's very, very hard just growing up in that. And we all kind of have a story where it's like, it just didn't feel right. Like my gut didn't feel right. But as I got older and as I went to the university of South Carolina, I found me and I was like, listen, you don't have to like me, love me. I don't care. I'm going to be me through it all. Um, and that's kind of what I've just been sticking by, but it's definitely been difficult to kind of, especially see the flag waving over our state house. Mm-hmm. It was just very weird. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> So in saying that, February 6th, uh, Dear Black Girls, How to Be True to You, um, is, is well, should we expect to hear some of that journey about growing up in South Carolina in your upcoming book? 100%. Uh, I think it's probably within the first two chapters I kind of 
hit you in the face with it because I'm like, <laughs> this needs to be like, this needs to be said. Like, I, I, things shouldn't get swept underneath the rug, especially in this society that we're in. Like, the black woman already gets that, so why not bring it to light and why not showcase and let people know that yes, we all go through it, but this is how we can get through it. And uh, I had tons of fun writing this book because I felt like it was very relatable. Um, a lot of people, particularly the black woman, uh, we go through a lot of the same things. And I think people kind of see me as someone that goes through something different because I'm a professional athlete. But it's like at the end of the day, once I take that uniform off, I am still a black woman trying to survive in this world. And uh, I know it says Dear Black Girls, but it's really for everyone. It's a gem for everybody. And I, I had tons of fun writing it. It's so real to me. So hopefully people can understand that when they're reading. No, that's amazing. I'm excited to check it out. Uh, future future New York Times bestseller on the list of all these other accolades we just <laughs> shouted out. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. I'm also um, starting the process of actually writing my own book. And Ooh. so that's... Uh, that's a challenge in itself. Yeah. So much respect to you on having that already done because yeah, it is not lot. easy. It's <laughs> very time consuming um, uh, amongst an already busy schedule. So I get it. Yeah. And congratulations <laughs> and also good luck on the release. I think it'll be great. Thank you. Thank you. Have you now statue outside of the arena, um, which all of us only hope to get. So number one, congratulations on that again. But but with that, and now, you know, being the legend that you are, do you feel like some of that has now changed in the state uh, due to your success, Coach Staley's success, Alicia Gray's success, all the success that y'all have had coming out of South Carolina? Do you think that's changed some of that now? Uh, and when you return home and how you're greeted and the things that people say, obviously you're going to be greeted differently than the young black girls that's there now. But right. do you think it's changed some? Um, part of me wants to say yes. I do want to believe that. But at the same time, you never really know people's true intentions. And, you know, you always feel like that there's this underlining, like, not, not microaggression, but it's kind of like micromanaging a little bit. Like, okay, like you just liking me a little bit because I'm doing this for you or you're getting something out of me. But I think the way that Coach Daly has changed the culture of basketball, women's basketball in South Carolina, has been incredible to watch. I mean, we have gone from literally a place where you could talk to your friend in the next section across the arena. That's how how empty it was. To now it's like lower bowl is all season ticket holders. So I think the growth of that and letting them see us and in, in getting a hold of us and seeing that we're tangible role models definitely has changed the approach that they have probably two black women particularly. And I think we got to give high praises to Coach Staley in that because she made it comfortable enough for people to and make it a safe space to where they can see us and see that we're bigger than just basketball players. Uh, is, and Coach Staley has done a great job with the program. Uh, obviously, you being the player to really spearhead and take that thing off. Is it ultimately a goal to yours to one day replace her when she's done there? You're done with your career to go back there and possibly be the coach of University of South Carolina? Uh, no, Dre. I cannot coach. I can't. I would never see myself coaching uh, because I could never coach a me. Like I gave Coach Staley hell, like 100%. And I spent in Asia Wilson for four years. I would have a lot more gray hairs than what she has. So yeah, no, I'm not even gonna put that stress on me. Uh, no, absolutely not. I don't. I barely like to talk in timeouts, let alone having to coach through one. So yeah, no, I'm good. She got it. She got it. <laughs> 
What, what can we expect from you when you're done playing? I think this is always, and obviously you're so young in your career, you got a long ways to go. But I always think this is an interesting topic on hearing what people kind of have in store for themselves after we're playing. So many people get caught up into like the, the now, which, but the reality is, is basketball is a very short window in our lives. And you got another 40 years, 50 years after that to live. What should we expect when it's all said and done uh, of what we'll see from Asia once basketball is over? Oh my goodness. Um, I really want to get into the youth community. I really want to like, when I see all these big like AAU circuits and different things that these young girls are going to to help develop them to go to the next level, I want to dive into that area because I feel like that is, that's the seed. That's the seed that we plant. Like it's, it's kind of late when you get into college. I mean, you can kind of do it, but if you're not in a good system and have a good coach, it's kind of hard. But it's like if we can get middle school girls to stay in sports, to grow with the game, to love the game um, and see it from a person that's been at that level. Because I was trash when I started. Like I was horrible, barely even got playing time. And I think if they see that for me and hear that for me and see works and having accessibility like to different things, uh, that's kind of my heart. And that's my goal is just to help the next the youth, particularly the young black girls. Stay in, stay in sports and know that they can be themselves and have fun while doing it. Dear Black Girls, um, I am committing to 100 books. I'm going to buy 100 books when oh, this book cool. released on the 6th. <laughs> and Asia and Clutch's team is going to figure out what Black girls this book should go to. Okay. I Now, I think it should go to all young girls, but I am making a commitment to make sure we get this book in, in the hands of some black young black girls. I know how hard it can be to get books, especially coming from places like we come from. So that is my commitment to the book. I'm doing that, and we're going to figure out a way to get this book in the hands of some young black girls. <laughs> and speaking of basketball, though, let's get into that. Um, yeah. Obviously, I am a huge fan of your career, my MVP. Um Thought you got a little slighted last year, went and backed that up with a championship. <laughs> For those of y'all that don't think I'm the MVP, then let's just talk about it. And getting into that, though, you don't win MVP last year, um, which I thought you probably should have won MVP last year. How did that How did that feel, number one, and then spark you going into the playoffs to make the run and have the uh, playoff stretch that you did? Yeah, that hurt. That that hurt me to the core, actually. I don't think I've ever felt that low in my career, uh, mm -hmm. honestly, because it just, I really felt like, I guess my thing was, okay, if I didn't get it, but that fourth place, like being third and fourth, really, crazy. like that really, like that is what did it. Like not getting it, I was like, man, I got to charge it to the game. You know, I get it, voter, voters fatigue, whatever you want to say, cool. But being third and fourth was like, Absolutely not. Like, it struck my core. I was like, no, they are playing with me at this point. And I mean, it just kind of, it honestly did fuel me. And I think it fueled like, right, my team as well. Like, we were just like, now, wait a minute. Like, we've been disrespected probably throughout this whole season. They already said super team. They called us a super team. And we're like, we're literally playing on one leg. Uh, but okay. And I think it just kind of fueled us in a way that was like, how are we the number one seed and still the underdogs? Like, y'all really just don't believe in us ever. And that's okay, because now we have to continue to prove to y'all why we're the number one team. And, like, I, I, was, I was excited. Like, I was so ready to get back on court because I was like, all right, it's time to play now. Like, that's out the way. Y'all voted. Now let's play the game. Let me prove to y'all why I felt like I deserve something better than third and fourth. <laughs> 
So yeah, that that kind of kind of shook me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of super teams, uh, obviously, I've been a part of one, um, yeah. which I mean, I still question whether. I was a part of a super team, be that our team was so homegrown. Like, yes, KD did come on a team, but it was a homegrown team. And I feel like y'all were the same way. Like, yeah, Kelsey may not have been drafted there or Chelsea right. may not have been drafted there, but y'all were great when y'all got those players. Right. And getting those players, y'all then built that to be great. Had you had Bill Lambert as a coach, then moves on to y'all hire, y'all, y'all then go on. Um, to hire, who, well, in my opinion, no questions asked, is the best coach in the WNBA by far, Becky Hammond. 100%. Um, but this was all, a, uh, this wasn't like, oh, we plucked this player and now we go to championships. Is 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 that your feeling? Because I know that's how I feel about ours. Is yes. that your feeling on y'all? Yes, 100%. Like, Kelsey, obviously, number one draft pick. She played in San Antonio, but then the next year, Vegas. Then it was me, then it was Jackie. And, like, we were grind. Like, I remember my rookie year, we didn't make it to playoffs. Like, we were trying to grind out wins and form a fan base to be like, come watch us. And, like, we were, it's funny because we were just talking about, we were like, there were times when we would have a meeting and be like, what are we doing? Like, where do we want to go with this? How do we win? Like, we were questioning how to win. And it just took us all being like, all right, we're going to get in the gym and we're going to work our hardest. Like, no one's going to outwork us. And so that's why I kind of felt some type of way when they kept calling us a super team because I'm like, we didn't just go pick everybody and was like, make it work. Like this was something that we were building. And obviously we just got great additions that mm-hmm. wanted to come. And it's funny how it all at the end, it really came down to me, Chelsea, uh, me, Kelsey and Jackie. Like it's like, it, it, and that was supposed to prove to everybody, like this was it the whole time. This was it. And that's the part that I was so happy for. And that was like probably why the second championship was just that much greater than the first one. Cause I'm like, a lot of y'all, one, wanted us to lose, but two, could not believe that we really did it with our core that we've been having since day one. Mm-hmm. And like that right there, I definitely feel the same way. Cause I'm like, we literally have been doing the same thing we've been doing every year. Like, same thing. And we just so happen to be really good because we just put the work in. But Absolutely. yeah, if that's a super team, then okay. But no, they're acting like we just were like going to different gyms and be like, yeah, we want her. We want her. We want her. Okay, play. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely, I definitely thought it was a lot sweeter. Um, as you as you may or may not know, I'm a huge Candace Parker fan. Has been since watching her in the dunk contest in high school. <laughs> and then to, to Tennessee on through WNBA with the Sparks, then the Sky, and now uh, her being with the Aces. But I thought it was a lot to say for, number one, uh, CP getting hurt early in the year and missing missing a lot of the year. But yeah. then at the very end, C. Gray getting hurt. And like you yeah. said, it, bo- it boiling down to just y'all having to close it out with, with kind of what you started with. Yep. <laughs> and it shut all the naysayers up. You know how I viewed that? I view that now, you know, CP is my teammate, Chris Paul. Um, but years ago, um, I think it was 2018, if I'm not mistaken, KD got hurt. I mean, CP, no, we were we were playing the Houston Rockets and CP gets hurt. Uh-huh. And when, when, when CP got hurt, they like, ah, oh, CP didn't get hurt. Y'all was done. And then KD got hurt. 
And we're like, all right, now we're faced with the same thing. We're at a deficit. KD's out. And now it's just us three. And we, we, and we came back and won. And so, to me, that was one of the sweetest series to win mm-hmm. because everything y'all said about us, you cried to KD in the car. Y'all, you couldn't do this. Y'all couldn't do that. Y'all had to. And it boiled back down to us having to get it done. And it made it all the more sweeter for me. Yes. <laughs> so, so I definitely get that. But mm-hmm. um, for you, having a player like Candace Parker around who's done it at the level that she's done it at for so many years, what benefit was that to you um, and just being able to then team up with her and kind of pluck at some of that knowledge that she has? Oh, it was incredible. Like, I've never was so excited just to have a person like Candace in our locker room just to pick her brain. I mean, it's it's just amazing just to compete against her in practice when we could and then just to have her constantly just being in my ear. And I remember like before we went into the New York series, we sat down and I was just like, how do we do this? Like, how do I do this as a person that the light is beaming on? How do I do this? And she was like, be you. Like, and it's so simple. And I was like, I knew exactly what she meant. I was like, I can't do anything different can't force anything. I just have to go out there and be me and my team will follow. But just having her encouraging words on the sidelines, just still just practicing with her. And I hate, like when she got hurt, we were just right in the groove too. We were like, dang. Uh, But it was just tons of fun just to like, just to play along somebody that's, she's my GOAT, Hall of Famer, hands down. So just to share a locker room with her and, and just her mind, uh, man, it was it was a lot of fun just to have her around. And I'm super excited just to see kind of what her future holds. Candace is a hooper. She's a hooper and a trooper through and through. And I'm so glad that I can be able to just be a part of her journey because we had a lot of fun. We brought out the youth a little bit out of her. It was it was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's super dope. Um, we had Candace on the show and she actually spoke about uh, coming to the Aces and that being the first time that she'd have her own locker. Um, yeah which uh, practice facility says she never had a practice facility and then she got her own locker. Um, what has your experience been like as far as that? Obviously being on the team that had a practice facility and all of those things, but what has your experience been like in WNBA as far as locker rooms and practice courts and travel and all of these different things? What has your experience been? Well, I was kind of blessed because when I entered in the league, we were shifting everything. So Vegas was new. So we had new management, new French. It was like new everything. So we were able to kind of write our own story. So I really didn't go through the the slums of the W uh, minus the travel. I think that was my biggest hit because, I mean, in college, I traveled privately. Like We got on a plane, mm-hmm. left, go to class the next day. It was regular. But I think like flying commercial was the really hit. Like, oh, no, we in the slums low key. Like I'm sitting next to a man. I don't know what he carrying. He could be having anything. And I have a like next day. And he's like just coming from five kids. And it's like, oh, you're like, you got turns. So that was my <laughs> thing. Like, I was like, oh God. That was my kind of like, ooh, this is the W. Okay. Uh, but no, when it came to locker rooms, I was kind of blessed enough to have a locker room. We've always were provided a court and everything. We actually helped transform like UNLV's whole training room. So it can be to us with cold tubs and everything like that. So I wasn't really in the slums. Uh, and I hate to see that others like that were in the slums, but uh, I'm also grateful to be on the side where we have an awesome practice facility uh, that we are literally being treated the way we should. But yeah, I the travel was just kind of like my little hit. Uh, but other than that, that was pretty good. I, I was blessed. <laughs> that's 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 great to hear. Um, and then speaking of, uh, you know, the travel and, and your experiences, uh, you all just had the, the highest rated finals, the most watched finals 
uh, in 20 years in the WNBA. Uh, what would you um, attribute the growth of the W uh, to, you know, and, and getting those type of ratings and on practice facilities and all these things moving forward? What would you attribute that growth to? Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. I mean, I honestly think it kind of just kind of picked up in the collegiate side of it. I think a lot of people started paying eyes on that when, when everything went down between Angel and Caitlin. And I think it kind of then allowed people to kind of open up this mindset of, oh, let's kind of watch it at this level. And I think they're also starting to see us more. And I always say, if you can see her, you can be her. But I think obviously representation matters, but being seen is it. Like they see us a lot more, whether that's in commercials, whether that is just on social, like they can see us and relate to us, which means like they want to tune in and watch us. And then I always say like, once you tune in and watch us and give it a chance, you might actually like it because we play decent basketball. Like we, we, well, the Aces, we're going to play some good basketball. I can, <laughs> I can be biased there and say, no, nah, we're going to put on a show for you for sure. And I think people are now starting to give it a chance and know that it's not just a charity case, but we're really good at what we do. And whether that is, and I think part of it also is we formed a rivalry. I think when you look in sports, everyone loves a rivalry. Everyone loves like the fact that I don't like them. They don't like us. So let's compete. Pick the ball up, let's play. And I think we kind of, that was the positive side of the super teams is because it's like people were like, okay, bet, let's tune in to see who's the real team. So I think that really, really helped us was like, no, Aces and Liberty. Soon as we made the teams, people were like, that's the finals matchup. So when it came down to that, they were like, no, I have to watch it. So I think it just kind of, we're starting to open up into spaces of like the rivalry and like, Pitting people against each other because people love that. Like, that's what sells. It's like, I hate them. They hate us. Let's go. So I think that really kind of helped us getting those views and people buying our jerseys and pouring into our teams is because it's like, we want to be the best. 
And, uh, and also us being defending champions, of course, you want to see what's going on with us. So I think that was kind of the big cause of it. Absolutely. No, I think I think that's incredible. And by the way, you just said something that I said years ago and all y'all got mad at me. And I'm happy to hear you say that because maybe I wasn't as far off my rocker as everyone tried to make like I was, which is people knowing your stories and 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 like knowing who you are, like people actually getting to know the story of Asia Wilson, getting to know the story of Chelsea Gary, getting to know the story of Kelsey Plum. I think that's what grows the game. I remember Mm -hmm. years ago, I was in Miami when I did the interview. I'll never forget it. It was about Women's Empowerment Month. And I'm just like, no, like, these girls are, like, these women, they're not supported the way everybody act like they support them. And... I don't think they're asking the right thing to then move this thing forward. And I caught so much flack for it. Nonetheless, I am happy to hear you say that the viewership and people getting to know our stories and know this person and know that person is what's changing things because that was just a little suggestion. So it's it's great to hear that. Great to hear that. Uh, But in in speaking of, uh, well, before we move on to that, a lot of players uh, in the W um, have to go overseas during the W's offseason because you all make way more money overseas than you make in the W. All is not, like myself included, um, all of us are not fortunate enough to have a big endorsement deals like Asia Wilson. But, <laughs> um, you know, uh, y'all are... Just it's just a totally different ball game when y'all go overseas uh, and the money that you make. When do you think the W will reach a point to where players no longer and I, and I think we're starting to see more of it now. We're starting to see not as many uh, women in the W going overseas and finding different avenues to make uh, make a living. Uh, but when do you think the W will reach a point to where the W is enough? And that's the job. And and a, it's a two-part question also. Do you think the W season will ultimately need to be longer in order to actually reach that point? Ooh, okay. So to answer your first question, I have no idea what the W can do to help players not go overseas because it would just have to be a lot within the league that would have to change salary-wise. And with our salary cap, that's really, really hard to do. So I don't know exactly how, like, economically-wise, like, how that could work. But hopefully soon. But we are seeing a change. Like, we're seeing a lot more W players staying uh, because of anything. Like, we have new league with AU. Like, it's a lot of different things that women can still stay here and play. Um, but I also very lucky and blessed to be, you know, clutch client. And they keep me working. And that's what I love the most because <laughs> The girl got to get paid. Um, But no, I think those are also, it's like, who's in your circle? Who's working for you? Like, what are they doing to put yourself out there? And they do a great job of doing that. And I think on the other side of it, yes, I would love a longer season uh, because I love the game. But also I feel like it puts us in a way where it's starting to flow. Like you're starting to mesh together. Cause then it's kind of like, okay, soon as our season ending, we're starting to go into, and you guys, the season start. So like lights are shining on different sides of the league, but like, that's kind of like what it's all about. Right. Like all eyes on a lot of different things. And I think with that, yes, but also obviously you got to fight TV time and viewership and different things like that. But for a longer season, I'm all for it. Uh, I know we're trying to try to add teams, which is going to be super hard, but they're trying. So that's a kind of step. 
But um, yeah, I think we would definitely need a longer season to really have people give a chance of like watching us uh, because then it's kind of like not riding on the NBA's coattail, but in a sense, it's kind of like, no, basketball's still going on. Like basketball doesn't end when you guys see the end. It's like, yes, you have the whole summer to watch us. So just kind of implementing that and letting people kind of have eyes on us is big. There's been a, a question um, that many people has asked or brought up. Um, and it's always been met with resistance from you all. And I personally, myself, can understand the resistance. But, you know, people will always say, well, why don't they lower the rims to nine and a half feet? You know, that would make the game more exciting. And quite honestly, I think that's a totally different way of playing. Like, a half a foot it's is, a a, is, a, is a huge difference. Like, it's a difference. Huge difference. Like, it, it changes your whole shot. Like, you practice oh. shooting the ball a certain way your whole life. Like, it changes everything. But yet, the first thing people uh, would throw out there, yeah, but there will be more dunks, and that's more exciting. And so, like, how do you kind of combat that thing? Like, I, I do understand where y'all are coming from, yet I'm a big fan of the W. I watch the games, and I also think, I watch the games more so, like, the fundamentals that y'all – like, you can't find that shit in the NBA. Like, the guys in the NBA just don't have fundamentals. And, like, you watch y'all play, and the fundamentals, I love it. But for those that can only watch the game for excitement because most people don't understand the game, like, how do you kind of combat that? I think just my biggest thing is I, – and I always try to tell people, is like, you just honestly have to give it a chance and give it an open mind. Uh, I think that's kind of the only thing, because like when you said lowering the rims, I'm like, I'm not changing 20 years of me learning basketball just so I can dunk maybe twice in a game. If we're being real, like, like, I can't give that like I'm mm-hmm. not we're not the Harlem Globetrotters. We're not the guys that jumps on the trampolines like I work too hard and put a lot of like time into my game for me to change it just because I want to sell a ticket if we're already selling out tickets right now. So I feel like. The biggest thing, and when I ask people, like when people ask me, I'm like, you really have to just go to a game. I get watching it on TV, and that's great. But going to a game, particularly in an Aces game, gives you a whole different outlook on just the game itself. Because then it turns into entertainment. Because then you're like, you get to feel the feeling of the game. Um, and then you get to enjoy it. Because they're like, okay, no, they're actually doing stuff really, really well. Like, they're looking pretty decent. Um, so, yeah, I, don't, I, I, can't, I, don't, I can't do the lowering of the rims. It gives me a headache when people ask me that. Uh, because I'm like, no, like, why? It changed my whole depth perception. Like, no, absolutely not. Uh, but I think just the, just the game itself, it, obviously, I'm talking, we're hoopers here. So I'm like, the game absolutely. is exciting, I promise. Like, just give it a chance. But I think, honestly, that's what you have to do is just give it a chance and I would also say fall in love with a player. Like, we tell our stories. You know that we're deeper than basketball players. Like, find a player, ask somebody who's really dope in the WNBA and kind of dig into them, see what they got, see what they like, and then form that relationship with them. So then it kind of translates over to the court. For, for, for a period of time, I think the NBA and a specific NBA player support was, like, on blast, on front street uh, for the W. I personally don't think I see as much of that anymore, like as as far as being out in front of it. Um, you may feel differently. <clears throat> do you, But my question is, do you all still feel the same support from the NBA um, players and league as much as you once did? 
And every time I every time I think about this, I think about the orange hoodie. I'm like, oh, thank you guys so much for wearing the orange hoodie. But it's kind of like, okay, like you get it, like it's kind of like cool. Thanks, like I'm glad you wore it. But what are we doing? Like I and, and my biggest thing, and I can actually appreciate it, is kind of like, and it is. I kind of feel like it's not dwindling, but it's new people in the league. They probably haven't got a chance to watch. Like a lot of you guys watch us because y'all watched us at different levels, like college Absolutely. levels. You just kind of follow it along. And I think this wave of generation may not have that uh, because it's just, whether it's NIL or there's just like social media, you see them in a different light. They haven't learned that yet, but I also applaud it. Cause I'm like, keep that fake shit over there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like kind of like, mm-hmm. I don't need you to fake like you watch us. I don't need you to fake that you like us. I'm rather you keep it real and keep it pushing over there and just let us do our thing. So I can appreciate just the honesty because a lot of people, I mean, we see it on social. If you guys see, they're going to be like, oh, they paid you guys to say it and oh, y'all don't know anything. And it's like, I would much rather you be genuinely speaking about us and pushing us the way that you want to versus it feeling scripted and not genuine. So it may be, I don't necessarily know it's like, I don't know how to say it. Like, I don't think it's a decrease in the support, but I think it's just an honest, <laughs> an honest viewing of the support. It's kind of like, yeah, they're good. And I've probably been to a couple of games, but I'm like, cool. But I feel like at the same time, we do have a lot of players that are invested in us, that are helping to push the needle and having the seat at the table. And you guys are speaking out about it. And those are the ones that obviously we appreciate and kind of gravitate to the most because it's real, but I kind of dig the whole, like, hey, I ain't really watch them, so I ain't really going to wear that orange hoodie. And I can appreciate that. <laughs> no, I think I think it's definitely, uh, number one, personal relationships, uh, yeah. which you see a lot, especially, like, guys who's been on the national team, USA men's national team and women's yep. national yep. team. Like, you see a lot of that connection. We spend yeah. a bunch of time together. We travel right. together. We're at y'all games when y'all are playing. Y'all are at our games when we're playing. And so I think you see some of that natural connection yeah. as well. And the reality is most people that are at that level, and when I say people, I mean players, women, and men, you understand the game. A lot of these young right. people don't understand the game of basketball. Right. Right. And so and 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 so and speaking about like a Lauren in the rim of dunks, a lot of these young guys, uh, in particular, are actually all into those things because they don't know the game. And so I can yeah. kind of see a correlation there as well, you know. Yeah, for sure. Which I think, which I think is interesting. A um, few more questions before we get out of here. I know you have to go. Um, <clears throat> and and just really speaking of the women's game. Uh, the goats, the, the rivalries, uh, you yourself and getting into it, number one, you yourself kind of have this rivalry with Brianna Stewart um, of, you know, championship, MVPs, the whole nine. Um, she's won in college. You've won in college. Mm-hmm. Like the list goes on and on. And there's kind of a little rivalry. How do you view that rivalry um, amongst the two it. of y'all? Yeah, I love it. Uh, Stewie and I have been playing against each other for a long, long time. It's crazy to think that we kind of grew up uh, with this little rivalry. Uh, but at the same time, just we're still cool. I feel like that's what makes it that much better because we know it's like, it's not beef. Like media can make it beef. Anybody can make it beef, but it's not beef. And it's like, when you see us, we're making each other better every possession, every single possession. I'm pretty sure if you ask Stewie, what's Asia's scout? And she could read it like that. And if you ask, I'm like, yeah, I got you. And I think that's kind of what our game and our league needs. It kind of puts people aside. It's kind of like pick a side and go for it and like enjoy it and watch these two grow. 
And to see, and it's crazy just to see how the league is kind of in our hands at this point. Because I'm like, little Stewie in Asia and UConn in South Carolina, never would have imagined we'll be in this space now. Uh, but it's been tons of fun just growing alongside Stewie uh, and just getting better. I feel like she makes me better every single time we play against each other. Uh, but at the same time, we've been cool uh, since we played together for USA and everywhere in between. But it is, it, it's a lot of fun. It, it, we... It, sometimes I feel like every game we just kind of look at each other and just smile aloud because we're like, look at us. But <laughs> 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 we did. <laughs> like, like, dang, but Stewie, she killed. I know they talk a lot about like college girls now and like NIL, but one place I'm going to always give Stewie is her respect is in college. That girl has four national championships and you can never those away from her. And I get they talking about Angel. I get they talking about Caitlin. I get they talking about South Carolina's team, but the things she did in college does not need to go <laughs> unrecognized. So yes, do we, I'm going to your props there because I see they be playing around with this whole, who's the best collegiate. No, Stewie got that 100%. Uh, but it's kind of cool just to watch us just grow together from those moments. So yeah, I love the rivalry. I feel like we circle that game every time because we have no choice because we're like, oh, we get to see each other again. So yeah. <laughs> that's, that's fire. You just mentioned, um, you just mentioned Caitlin and you just mentioned Angel Reese, uh, both two two um, incredibly good players uh, at the collegiate level. Obviously, this year soon will be making that jump to the NBA, uh, more WNBA, excuse me, more than likely. <clears throat> but when I when I watch some of these younger guys, uh, when I'm watching college or you watching some of the overseas guys come over, when I'm watching them, I'm watching them like ah, like that's cool, like that kid's good. I'm also watching them like. All right, let me figure out his tendencies now. So when he come in this league, the first time I play him, I can destroy him because I'm only going to get older and I need to instill some type of doubt and fear in you while you're young so that when you see me as I age, yeah. you know, I, yeah, I'm, I, I, there's just, I have to be a little unsure of myself. When, you're, when y'all are watching like um, a Caitlin, Clark, and specific at your position at Angel Reese, who, what I like most about Angel is she going to talk to you about what she's going to do to you, and then she's actually going to do it, and she's going to make sure you hear all of it. Are you watching her sometimes? Like, all right, like, I see you, shorty, but just know you got to come here soon, or are you just watching it? Like, I'm just enjoying the game. Um, I mean, sometimes I really just watch it to enjoy it. But then sometimes, obviously, the player side of me is kind of like I watch because I'm watching as if I'm watching film because clearly they're going to be at the next level. So I do kind of sometimes catch myself. I'm like, oh, OK, bet, I got you. And I'm like, oh, no, let me enjoy the game. Go women's sports. Like I, the competitor in me just can't live without a film session sometimes. <laughs> I don't watch it to enjoy it, but sometimes I find myself like, all right, bitch, you like that move, bitch, I got it. Because <laughs> like you yeah. said, I'm getting older, so I'm like, all right, I got to start playing smarter a little bit and let me try to figure it out before they kind of get ahead of the game. And I'm pretty sure they like did it to me when I was a rookie, so I don't feel too bad. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no, you did the same. <laughs> Absolutely. That's that's a fact. I was, I, It's crazy. I was thinking about that yesterday because I'm like, man, I wonder if if guys thought this way about me. And I'm like, they 100% thought this way about <laughs> us, man. Like, this ain't nothing new. Like, they've been yeah. doing this. Okay. <laughs> All right, long as I'm not the only one sick in the head, I'm good. <laughs> uh, give me your give me your, your Mount Rushmore um, of WNBA uh, or women's basketball in general. It doesn't necessarily have to be the WNBA because 
Obviously, the WNBA spans back now 26 years, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. But give me your Mount Rushmore of, of, of women's basketball. Mm. Coop. Cynthia Cooper, yeah. Cynthia Cooper. Sure, Swoops. Gotta have right. it. Absolutely. Mm. I really want to put myself because... Why you not? Can't, you, you can't not put yourself. That is a <laughs> that is a okay on Draymond okay. Green show. I'm gonna put myself because duh. And Mount Rushmore got four people. I don't yes, know. Yes, it does. Four people. I gotta say Candace. I have to say Candace, but now I'm I feel so bad. I'm sorry. Somebody everybody can take I can take my my head can be on the side. They can like carve it on another side. And I'm just gonna mm. Because part of me wants to say DT, but then part of me obviously want to be like Coach Staley because that's my girl. I don't know. We just had to carve in a couple extra heads on the mountain. <laughs> I can't get before. <laughs> so um, go ahead and put like two together. There it is. Okay. Well, <laughs> since you're removing yourself to the side, what what do you have to do in your career moving forward? Like you've already done everything. What do you have to do in your career to put yourself all the way on there? Like, ain't no moving me to the side. I'm here. What more do you feel you need to do in order for that to happen? I gotta get two more chips. I gotta get two, two more. I gotta get two, two more. Yeah. I, I feel like that's just it just solidifies me at that point. Uh because I feel like and especially if I can do them in a row, oh my God, blessings. That's knocking it out of the park. But I feel like I'm already up there because being back to back is hard in itself. Like that's yes, like that's why when people be like, oh, like you won your second one. I'm like, please say back to back. Because back to back is what really sets it off. So mm-hmm. that's why I feel like if I can get a couple more, like then it's kind of like, all right, she did the back to back, but then she also did it again and again. So, uh, yeah, I'm just going to give myself four. Cause, and also, I'm an even number girl. I'm weird. So, yeah, I need four. And a couple, uh, give me another gold medal. Yeah, I think then, I think, then I'll be at peace. Okay, I can respect that. All right, I, well, I, I'll be sitting here counting championships. I know you'll get more, so I'll be sitting here counting them so I can make my own rush, my own rush more and I don't have to slide you to the side. That was your words, not mine. Um <laughs> Uh, before we get out of here, uh, your best or favorite best, however you want to classify it, um, Aces, Aces Championship Parade um, stories or celebration, like what out of all of that um, do you look back on and you like, that was the moment for me? Um, Like this year, championship or last year or anything? Either. You know, that's a that's a great problem to have, MVP. <laughs> you ain't gotta flex on me. It's all right. <laughs> great problem to have. <laughs> um I probably just I, I have two because they my teammates are just so they're just my teammates. It has to be, and it wasn't even the parade. It's like immediately after where we're in the media and we're doing media and it's me and it's Chelsea, we're doing it, and all of a sudden we just hear this boom box and it's KP hammered. <laughs> With the boombox interrupting the whole, interrupting the whole press conference, and we're like, "What is going on at this point?" And KP apparently was left in the locker room by herself. Uh, once she came out, everybody was going their different ways. We still don't know where people were to this day. And she just gravitated to the press room and decided to crash it. 
that was the top moment of my life because I was like, what is going on? Then the second one was another what's going on moment when we were in the press room again after winning in New York and the whole team just bust through and ruined uh, me and Alicia Park. <laughs> media and they're just like asking their own questions like who the fourth place oh what's going like we're at this point we're like yeah the media people are like and this is why we didn't vote for y'all so (laughs) 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 we gave them their reason and i think that right there were like my top moments where i'm like ah this team is awesome like i love them for this so yes That's great. It, no, it honestly looks like y'all have so much fun together. Like even like on a daily basis. And I don't think people really understand the monotony of these seasons, right? Like you're you're just in this grind and it's on and on and on. It's just like this revolving door. And I admire how fun it looks like y'all keep it for each other. I think that's great. Um <clears throat> I think I think in order to continue winning. You have to be able to do that because you you run into the dog days. You run into the days you wake up, you don't want to play. And so yes. I really admire that about y'all. Like, Appreciate it, yeah. Do a great <laughs> job of keeping it fun. Um, and quite frankly, uh, they could not vote again. If that's going to equal another championship, and hey, Best. you know what? Just, nope. just keep on fueling the fire. Now, yeah. Uh, I, Asia... I can't thank you enough uh, for coming on the Draymond Green show, uh, your resume. So I always talk about, like, you can't just be in the NBA or the WNBA and come on here. You got to have a resume, like, because we got to have something to talk about. And I don't really want to talk about what draft pick you were. Like, that ain't going to really get it done. But honestly, um, I'm so thankful to have you on. Um, Champion, MVP, uh, you know I'm a big fan. Um, Dear Black Girls, How to Be True to You by Asia Wilson. Y'all make sure February 6th, y'all get that book. Go check it out. I've told you all my commitment. I'm looking forward to reading it and checking out the book. Good luck this year. Make sure you're running back. Make sure you go get the MVP. Don't leave no doubt this time. Yeah, at this point. Leave no doubt. (laughs) Absolutely. Wishing you well. Thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX 80 live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. 
And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.